All right. Well, this week we're gonna we could go on forever about prayer. If we probably bear, I know we've barely scratched the surface on just the text that we read and the topic in general. But I hope that this has been encouraging to you and eye opening and and encouraging in such a way that you've desired to pray more. And, and today we're going to conclude our series on prayer with the topic of being thankful. I found a great quote, and it should come up on your, right there. A Puritan writer named William Jenkin says, Praise shall conclude the work which prayer began. If you think about it, and it's fitting for this sermon at the end of talking about prayer that we talk about thankfulness or praise. And so with that, let's go ahead and pray and thank God for this morning and this time we have together. Lord God, we are so thankful for all that you have done in our lives as a church and as individuals. We thank you, Lord, specifically for this morning that we can come together to worship you, to hear the proclamation of your word, and to proclaim your praises as a church. And we ask, Lord God, that we would leave this morning understanding who you are even more and desiring to thank you more often. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, open up your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. We're going to look just at two verses. Since the Super Bowl is on today, we can only do two verses. We've got to get going. I'm just kidding. Care about no Super Bowl. (laughs) This is about Jesus here. (laughs) So we're going to look at verses 15 through 16. And as I said, we're going to talk. The title or the the title of this morning's message is the gift of thankfulness. This morning, you remember I told you that story about Starbucks last week? about the girl asking me about what I was studying. Well, I was ready for her today. <laughs> I saw her up there again, and I'm like, okay, what's my sermon about? What's my sermon about? I, I am not good if you don't know about, you know, putting my sermon to like one sentence. It's like, I got to develop it and kind of get you in the mood to understand what it is, and you don't have time to do that. And so I was like, okay, maybe she won't ask me. She got my coffee, and then she's also, how'd it go last week? I was like, Okay, so I'm, I'm ready for her. So then I just told her how it went, and today I'm teaching about thankfulness, and I kind of give her a quick, short sermonette uh, right there at the front line of Starbucks. And she goes, she just stood there and stared at me. I was like, does it stink? Is it going to be a horrible sermon? And then she goes, oh, I can't wait to just praise God even more tonight. So I guess she's a believer. I didn't have, my wife asked me, did you ask her what church she goes to? I'm like, No. I didn't ask her, but typical guy, we don't ask questions. I just got my coffee and got out of there. But So I hope you leave this morning desiring to praise God even more. As I said, the title is The Gift of Thankfulness. You know, thankfulness is a gift. As I was studying, I was looking up the benefits of being thankful. There's actually studies in journals, uh, medical journals, psychological journals on the gift of thankfulness and how it makes you actually more healthy and the, the junior highs in here right and listen to this junior high high schoolers actually too you know teens that are grateful are a lot more happier this report say says and if a teen's happy then the parents are probably happy too 
It says that teens who are grateful, they tended to have higher grades, a higher GPA. So that may help. doesn't mean you don't have to study. You still have to study. It means you're grateful, you're excited, you get to study, you get to go to school. They were more well-behaved as well, kids that are grateful. They had better social behaviors as well, which created better friendships. So you want to be a good kid, be grateful is the moral of the story, I guess. You know, it also boosts your well-being. One journal says that, it says journaling, actually right before you go to bed, 15 minutes before you go to bed, about all the things you're thankful for, gives you a brighter outlook on life. And not only that, it helps you sleep better and sleep longer. Does anybody need help sleeping longer? (laughs) Well, before you go to bed... Put down your phone and anything else you do and the food and be thankful. Think about the things that you are thankful for. I wouldn't say journal, but I would say, well, pray. Pray before you go to bed and thank God for all the things that you're thankful for. It also benefits your heart. Did you know that? I was like, this isn't true. So I like followed the link online to an actual journal where they reported it. And it it said this. It says it benefits your heart. It's shown to produce Um, alteration in your heart rate variability, which may be beneficial in the treatment of hypertension and reducing the likelihood of sudden death in patients with congestive heart failure and coronary artery disease. So those of you that may have that, or when we do get that from eating like all the junk we eat, remember, be thankful for it so that you might have a chance to survive. (laughs) And it's also linked with the better immune system. Gratitude is linked with optimism, which in turn is linked with the better immune health. One study showed that stressed-out law students who were optimistic had more immune-boosting boost, blood cells than people who were pessimistic. You guys, I was thinking of that. Uh, you seen that movie Inside Out, that cartoon? I think of that girl, that joy, and then the one that was, uh, what was the blue one? Well, sadness, right. Sadness was, everything was you know, like Eeyore, everything's bad, the sky's falling, and, and joy was all happy all the time. So we need to be like joy a little bit and put sadness in that circle and say, don't move from here, because it's not good for my health. But thankfulness truly is a gift, and not only that, it's a gift to us from God. And guess what? It's a gift that we get to give back to God. And that's what the scriptures will say as we look this morning. So turn now with me. To Hebrews 13, and we're going to look at verses just 15 and 16. And so at the end of Hebrews, the culmination of the author of Hebrews has been describing Jesus and how much better he is than the angels and then the old offering system and the Levitical, the Levitical law and all that. It shows that he fulfills all that. He concludes by saying this. There, through him then, almost like because of him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So he concludes this section again by telling us to be thankful, basically For everything he's been saying for the first 12 chapters and a little bit of the 13th, he's saying, be thankful for it all. He's built it up and given you a reason. And obviously, we're not going to go through Hebrews and and understand that 
but we'll talk a little bit about it, about the gift of thankfulness. So let's go back to the very first verse, verse 15, and we're going to dissect each phrase and expound on that. And again, I hope that you will see what a gift we have to be thankful. So he begins by saying, through him. And this is the connection for the rest of the book. It's because of him. Because of what Jesus has done is what he's saying. If you go back just a few verses, look at verse 12 of Hebrews 13. He says, therefore, he's speaking of offerings, of the old offering, and then he mentions Jesus. here. therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Basically, because of what Jesus had done outside the gate where he offered up his life for sin, we were to go out there and then come back and have access to God. That's why he says, through him, because of what Jesus has done, and by Jesus, or by what Jesus has done. Turn back, actually, uh, three chapters to chapter 10, and look at verses 19 through 22. This will even give you a better idea of what Jesus' sacrifice did. If you remember in the Old Testament, there was a tabernacle that people would come and bring their offering to, and only one priest was able to go back into the Holy of Holies, the most holy place where God's presence was to be. But Jesus came and broke down that that old covenant, that old system. And here it says in verse 19 of chapter 10, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, which at one time was only just for the priest, now we say now we have confidence to go into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil. You remember the veil that ripped when Jesus was crucified? That is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You see, it's through Jesus, because of Jesus, and by Jesus that we can come into the most holy place. And that's why he says through him. It's because of Jesus that we can do this. So it's no longer the efforts of men. No longer do we need a priest to stand in our behalf. We ourselves, as believers, can go right to Jesus. We don't need saints. We don't need any of that. We go straight to God ourselves. And you no longer, on top of that, have to prepare sin offerings to present before God. Remember the Old Testament. They would come with offerings to repent of their sins. They would also give a thank offering, which we'll talk about in a moment. And he's saying we no longer have to do that. The whole book of Hebrews is demonstrating that Jesus is the fulfillment of that and it's no longer needed. The temple is no longer needed. Jesus is the fulfillment of that. And again, that's why he says, through him. Through him what? Go back to our text now. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Let us. Who's the us? Us. The believer, he's talking to the believers. It is only the believer who's, the, who's went outside the gate, as I mentioned earlier, and accepted Christ's offering that can come to God. 
It is the believer who should desire to pray. It is the believer who has the privilege to pray. And it is the believer that has the ability to pray, to go back into that holy of holy place in the presence of God. You now stand before the most holy God, completely forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, no longer needing the blood of bulls and goats, no longer needing a priest to represent you. You yourself are the priest. That is awesome to think about. Think about you can and you do when you pray stand before God. It's you and God. As we mentioned last week, that's why you don't worry about, you know, you know, showing off for somebody because it's out in the open. He says, go in your closet because it's just you and God. Doesn't shut off everything that's around you. It's you standing before God. Do you think that when you're praying? What do you envision? Does it help you? Envisioning that you're just you and God. It's just me and the Lord praying. So it's because of Jesus Christ that we as believers have the privilege and ability to pray. And the next phrase is, let us continually. And that word continually means to perform an act ongoing. It's an ongoing act of thankfulness, as we'll get to, that we are giving to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Now it's not so much that we have to like always be thinking about, I'm praying, I'm praying all the time, every day about everything. I think it's really just a mindset, an attitude, of, an awareness that God is with you, that you have access to God. One commentator named Leon Morris uh, in this section says this, In systems like Judaism, sacrifices were offered at set times. But for Christians, praise goes up all the time. Since a loving God is working out His purposes all the time, there is no circumstance in which praise should not be offered. We now have the ability to thank God all the time. We don't have to wait for an appointed time where we pray just twice a day or three times a day. Again, it's a mindset of always keeping in front of us an attitude of prayer and thankfulness because God is with us and God is always working on our behalf. So again, it's having an attitude of gratitude, so to speak. The Christian should be marked by appreciation. Let me just give you a few few cross-references. These won't come up, but Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says that Christians should be overflowing with gratitude. Ephesians 5, 4 says our communication should be filled with the giving of thanks. Again, it just consumes our entire being as Christians. We should be thankful people. Ephesians 5, 19 through 20, Paul addressing the communication between believers says this, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. It's a continual thing. It's a constant awareness. It's an attitude of being thankful for what we have, for what Christ has done. Again, back to the very beginning. Through Him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise, which takes us to our next point. 
offering up a sacrifice of praise. Remember in the Old Testament, they would offer up sacrifices. And along with those sacrifices, they would offer up what's called a sacrifice of thanksgiving, an offering of thanks along with their sin offering. Well, we no longer need to offer up sacrifices like the Old Testament because Jesus Christ was the, the final offering up to God, the final sacrifice, the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world, the one-time offering, and then he sat down at the right hand of God. Since Christ fulfilled that offering, we only offer up now sacrifices of praise, sacrifices of thanksgiving. God asked for nothing else to be sacrificed. Sacrifice or offer up continually thanks and praise to God for what he's done. I like this, what John MacArthur says on this section. He says, God no longer demands the sacrifices of Old Testament, only the sacrifice of our praise and of good works in his name. That's it. What does God require of you? A sacrifice of praise. And as I read, as you'll see in the next verse, of sharing and good works. No longer offering up for your sins because that's been dealt with. We are now called only to offer up sacrifices of praise to God. Isn't that awesome? That's what God wants. Offer up your sacrifice of praise, of your thanksgiving, which he says is the fruit of our lips. Our words are the outgrowth of our appreciation. Our words express what we're feeling. And sometimes we need to hold that in, right, guys? What you're feeling. Sometimes it's better to keep it in. Jesus said, The good man out of the treasures of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the treasures brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. What we put in is going to eventually come out. How we're feeling is eventually going to come out. You've heard that saying, garbage in, garbage out. And Jesus said on that, it's not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what? What proceeds out that defiles the man. So what you're filling yourself with, if you're continually appreciating what Christ has done, thankfulness will eventually come out. So according to the text, what comes out? The very next thing, what is the fruit of our lips? He says, the giving of thanks. I like that. The fruit of the lips that gives thanks. So again, the outgrowth from your lips is thanks. I like this quote by another Puritan named Thomas Watson. He says this, praise is a soul in flower. You get that? A flower blooms. So he's like, praise is your soul in flower. Blooming. Praise is blooming. It's from what's inside. It's coming out and you're praising God, shouting to God, thanking God for all that he's done and given you. The psalmist says this, and my tongue shall declare your righteousness and your praise all day long. Why? Because he's filled with the thankfulness of what God has done, of who God is. So when you're aware of what Christ has done for you, when you're aware of what he's continually to do for you, I don't think you can't help but give thanks for it. Do you realize what Christ has done for you? Do you realize what he's doing for you? 
And do you realize what He has for you in the future? If you do, you will give thanks. And we don't just say, thank goodness or thank my lucky stars. We actually, as believers, have someone to thank. And that's why He says, give thanks to His name. Those studies that I cited earlier, they never once attributed thanks to God. They were just saying being thankful in general gives these benefits. But we actually have someone to thank. There's an actual being to thank and who's giving us all things. I like that. I'm reminded of uh, and being thankful of that skit by Bill Cosby. You remember that? Everything he was saying. As he was a young kid, he was what? You ever seen it? Is that a bad name to mention right now? <laughs> you don't remember the episode. He's talking about when he was a kid, he walked to school uphill both ways, and he was thankful. He was trying to teach his kids to be thankful. Appreciate what you have. Don't we as parents kind of exaggerate sometimes how it was as a kid? Right, why? To get your kids to appreciate life and the things that they have. But sometimes we as adults forget that as well. We need to be thankful for what we have, what Christ has done for our life, what He continues to do. So again, we thank Him. We thank, it says in the Scripture here, to His name. We give thanks to God's name. But God doesn't really have a singular name. Do you know that? What do you call God? We say God. It represents and encompasses all things. Remember when Moses said, uh, when I go back to Egypt, who do I say sent me? He says, I am who I am. I'm the all-existing, all-inclusive, creative power. I am the one. You see, God's name is actually his character. It describes who he is. He doesn't have a an actual name, it's descriptions of who he is. Let me give an example of that. Uh, there's one, and there's many in the Old Testament, but Yahweh Jireh means the God who provides. Yahweh Shalom means the God of peace. And so Old Testament saints, you remember they would call him these things, or they would build uh, little monuments to his name or to remember who God is and what he has done for them. A few other names. Elohim means the God as creator, the sovereign authority. In the beginning, it says, in the beginning was Elohim. The creative power, all-encompassing God. Or El Elyon means God most high. And Adonai means Lord God or Master. These are all characteristics of who God is and what He is. So He doesn't have an actual name. But that's why the scripture says we give praise to his name, his attributes. So we shall praise God and thank him. I think, again, this goes to what I said last week, specifics for who he is in your life. Thank you, God, my provider. Thank you, God, the God of peace. The sovereign God, the most high God. So, again, it's through him, because of what Christ has done, that we as believers can continually and always have this attitude of thankfulness that is the fruit of our lips to Him who has done all things. And then he goes on, he says, Do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is 
pleased. So what are we talking about here? Sharing and doing good are also examples of what we can sacrifice to God. So we not only sacrifice or offer up sacrifices of thanks, but it overflows in our sharing and doing good works with one another. And when we get back to uh, the book of Romans in a couple of weeks, we'll actually, I'll actually develop that a little bit more on how that plays in our lives. And I like this as we conclude this section right here. And do not neglect doing good and sharing on top of offering sacrifices of praise, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So guess what? God is actually pleased when we give thanks to him. It is a gift that we give back to God. The one thing that we can give him is thanks for what he's done for us. And I was trying to think, well, why is God so pleased when we say thank you? He doesn't need our thanksgiving. He doesn't really need anything from us. But I think it's because we're showing appreciation and accepting his sacrifice. We're saying thank you for that, Lord. It's like, yes, I believe you. And none of that, we're not trying to make our own selves acceptable to God. We recognize that we can't do it on our own, that we need your offering for sin. We need your life to be ours. We need your righteous acts to be ours. And thereby, we don't disgrace his son. When we don't give him appreciation, we're saying, we don't need what you did. I can do it on my own. So I think God is pleased in that way. These sacrifices are pleasing to God. Do you want to please God? Give him thanks for all that he's done for you. And I'll conclude with these last four points of application. Therefore, give the gift of thanks to our Lord. Number one, for all things, the scripture says. As you think about what can you give God thanks for? You can thank him for, number one, your salvation that you have, because that is a gift that he's given to you. You did not earn it. You did not do anything to obtain it by your own effort. It's a gift that he's given to you. Thank God for your salvation. Second thing, thank God for the life that you have now. Again, you did not choose to be born, did you? No. Nor do you have the ability to sustain your life. It is a gift. I'm always, uh, people probably get annoyed with me at work because I'll say, hey, good morning. And there's a couple of guys, they don't work with me, but they're outside vendors. And they'll be like, um, they're just miserable. <laughs> they're like, what's so good about it? And I'm like, well, you're alive. And I just go off on it. Well, you're alive. You have a job. You can see. You can walk. You can talk. And then they just walk out of my office. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, you live in the United States. You live in Southern. Maybe that's not that great for some people. But you're in Southern California. I mean, how could you say what's so good about it? Believe me, you put yourself in somebody else's position. You'll find a reason to give thanks. Therefore, give thanks for all things, your salvation, your life, even your sustenance, your daily provision that you have. Again, you ate today. You'll probably eat tomorrow. Those are all gifts from God. Our very health is a gift of God. 
I mean, think how frail and fragile our bodies are. And just how fleeting life is. Something can happen in an instant and you're gone. Be thankful for all things, salvation, life, sustenance, even the very situation that you find yourself in right now, even if it's unbearable. Because you know what? God is in control of all things. God knows what you're going through. God in his sovereign plan has allowed you to be in that situation right now. And God doesn't make mistakes. In fact, God works all things together for good. For the believers only. Not everybody has that. And then, one of my favorites, thank God for your future assurance. What you, what's going to happen in the future? Let me just remind you, turn with me to the, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. I'm going to read through verse 18. And it says this. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who have fallen asleep. So Paul's talking about death. We do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. So you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. As opposed to the believer who has hope, who has a future assurance. He says this, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, And remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. And look at what he says. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. That's our future. No matter what happens in our life, the worst thing that you could ever imagine, you have an assurance of that future glory and hope rising again with the Lord. Being with the believers that have died before us. Thank God for that. So again, give the gift of thanks for all things, salvation, life, sustenance, every situation you find yourself in, and our future assurance. Not only that, we should give thanks to God for it is a, again, it is a privilege to do so. And I hope you understand that it is a privilege to pray to God, let alone pray to God, but to give thanks to him. As I mentioned earlier about no longer needing priests, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says this, But you, speaking to the believers, but you, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. These are all descriptions of believers. You and me as well. We're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's a privilege. God called you out of darkness, believe it or not, 
into his marvelous light to do what? To proclaim his glory, his excellencies. That's the privilege that you and I have as believers. We did not have that before. And as I mentioned earlier, the third thing, therefore give the gift of thanks, not only because it's for all things, not only because it's a privilege to do so, but again, because it pleases God. You want to please the Lord God, give him thanks. How many of you want to know the will of God? What is the will of God? Well, the will of God is that you give thanks. Again, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. One of the wills of God for every believer is to pray without ceasing and give thanks in good things. No, in what? Everything. Everything. We have the privilege to think of that. You have the privilege to to please God and to fulfill the will of God. By giving thanks to him. So again. As I mentioned at the beginning. I hope. This month and the past month. You've you've desired to pray more. And now you will desire to thank God more. Because it is his will. It pleases him. And we have a privilege to do it. And we can do it for all things. No matter how bad life may get. And it will get bad for all of us at one time or another, bad things happen, unfortunately. We live in a broken and fallen world. But we have the blessed assurance that God is in control of all things, and He does all things that work to, uh, for our good. He works them all together. And guess what? In the end, we're going to rise again with Him, no matter what happens. Praise God for that. Let's thank Him. Lord God, we're so thankful for all that You've done for us in the past, all that you continue to do for us now and that blessed assurance that we have in the future. Lord God, may we always be aware of those things. Lord, when we have a tendency to focus on the the negative things that are going on in our life, may we remember that you are still in control of those things. And Lord God, that those things shall pass. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Lord, even if they are burnt by the fire, they will continue to trust you and worship you and never deny your name. May we be the same, Lord God, no matter what we face in our life. Even if it means going going to our grave for believing in you, may we stand firm and strong. Help, Lord God, those of us this morning who are in situations where they don't see your hand. They don't understand why they're there. Lord God, may they find the ability to thank you for it, to trust you, and to follow you, and to not give up hope. We're so thankful for all that you've given us, Lord God. And we look forward to your return. We ask that until you return, Lord God, that you would keep us and watch over us and strengthen us so that we might glorify your name. We thank you, Lord, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.